Welcome back, fellow inquisitors, for your favourite flavour of propaganda delivered by your friendly foreign agent. Let's bring you the roundup of the news this morning. Uh, Zelensky's office has voiced Kiev's demands to Moscow for a ceasefire. On the face of that, you might think, oh, Ukraine is calling for a ceasefire. Well, mm, not really. It's <laughs> They're kind of trying to dictate the terms, which, uh, forgive me if I find rather amusing. Advisor to the head of the office of the president of Ukraine, Mikhailo Podolyak, published on his Twitter a list of ceasefire conditions from Kiev. <laughs> According to his post, the Ukrainian side demands from Russia an immediate ceasefire. Uh, okay. The withdrawal of troops from the territory of Ukraine. I'm assuming that they mean pre-February 24th, because, uh, yeah. The return of kidnapped citizens... The extradition of war criminals, the mechanism of reparations, and the recognition of the sovereign rights of Ukraine. <laughs> I'm just letting that sink in. Who the hell are you to start making demands? Honestly. What and, uh, okay, we know that they're not seriously negotiating. Again, the way this comes across, maybe it's translation, but I don't think it is because it just plays into this stereotype that Ukrainians, you know, are self-centered, think they're the, the bee's knees, and a bit like the British these days, think they are way higher than they are. Come down off your high horse. You are in no position to make demands at this point in time. You may have been prior, but not at the moment. So he responded to the statement of the press secretary of the president of Russia, Dmitry Peskov, that Kiev would have to understand the conditions of the Russian Federation, agree to them, and sit down at the negotiate, <laughs> negotiating table. So this was Podolyak's response. No, here you go. Here, here's our demands. According to him, Western countries are now betting on the continuation of the conflict and do not allow Ukrainians to think, talk about peace, or discuss peace. This is uh, Peskov speaking still. Later, German Chancellor Olaf Scholz said that no one knows how long the Russian special operation in Ukraine will last. According to him, Moscow has great resources to carry it out for a considerable amount of time. Again, does it, doesn't this baffle you a little bit? I thought they were running out of missiles, food, and this was in the early days when the, Russia was fixing, shaping the battlefield around Kiev. We were hearing all this. So I can't help but be amused by this real seemingly delusional attitude from Podolyak from Ukraine. It's not serious. That's not how I believe you, you negotiating diplomacy is achieved by what lay, laying out your conditions. And you're not the prevailing side, my dear friend. And let's let's go into a bit more about that. Following a Belgorod, where it appears was reported and it's claimed that Ukraine was firing munitions at a, a Russian in on Russian territory, not there's no allegation of using NATO munitions or NATO supplies weapons, not serious ones anyway that I've come across. It was Tochka U and Soviet made stuff. So Ukraine can hand on heart say no, we're not using Western weapons to target civilians in Russia, but there is there is significant evidence that they are using it shell Donetsk. But here we have the American GOI one satellite filmed Belgorod three days before the APU missile attack. And this is uh, this isn't the first allegation that's been been voiced of America supplying intelligence to Ukraine in order to carry out attacks, particularly on civilian areas. So, and there's there's more hoo ha going on about this in the Russian media that this is actually an act of war from America, and that's quite a, excuse me that's quite a you know a, a valid valid argument in the opinion of some and 
uh, others. Should be noted that tonight the armed forces of Ukraine were hit by rocket attacks on Belgorod. That's a conflicting headline there, maybe translation. Uh, according to the Ministry of Defense of the Russian Federation, the Ukrainian military used the Tochkau tactical complex with cluster warheads. Uh, Russian air defense systems successfully destroyed all the missiles. And those clusters would explain, therefore, the damage that occurred after shooting down those missiles. This is a follow-on to my previous video yesterday where I talked about the news reporting. So, uh, moving on, due to the shelling of the armed forces of Ukraine in Donetsk, a fire broke out on the territory of the plant. So more more um, strikes against Donetsk, which is a civilian centre. I don't believe there's any military installations there. Uh, Eva K. Bartlett would be the person that I would like to talk to. She's recently been to Donetsk. I would very much like to hear what she has to say about this, having been there, uh, eyes on the ground. A fire broke out on the territory of the Donplast Avtomat plant in Donetsk due to shelling by the armed forces of Ukraine, announced by the mayor. Uh, according to the mayor, Ukrainian artillery hit the area of the old chamber of commerce. The shells were reflected by means of air defense. When it says shelling and shells, I, I do think they also include missiles, which would be a, more of a strike as opposed to shelling, which I, I see as traditional artillery. Uh, presumably that's indicative of them being pushed back. I don't know, but it still, these strikes continue on Donetsk, uh, which is yeah sad to read. Now, regarding this demand by Podolyak that Russia withdraw from Ukrainian territory, as I say, he must mean before the 24th of February, which I think we all agree is not going to happen at this point in time. And this is also um, echoed in Pashchenik from July the 4th today, just gone midday. This was announced he promised not to give back the reclaimed territories of the Lugansk People's Republic to the armed forces of Ukraine. Regarding security and steps taken by the Ukrainian armed forces, the nationalist battalions, who will probably try to recapture the territories, I want to state quite responsibly and unequivocally, no one will give the territories, territories we have entered to anyone. Politician emphasized. Uh, Russia, the DPR, the LPR, they're playing for keeps. So Ukraine, if they want to ceasefire, they need to ceasefire now on the existing borders at this point in time. I don't see trying to uh, scream about previous borders is going to going to work at all personally oh boy also going on in the media right now is our dear friend the ever it's not amusing anymore is it the ever disappointing this trust this trust has said she supports the concept of confiscating russian assets but london needs to get to the bottom of the details the proceeds can go to help Ukrainians affected by the hostilities or Kiev to rebuild the country. Well, my dear Miss Truss, that's already happening. Russia is already rebuilding and they don't need you to <laughs> seize this. Now, the key, key part of this, uh, particularly in the Guardian's article, uh, is this mention of the Canadians. I support the concept. This is Liz Truss quoting. We are looking at this issue very carefully. Canadians have actually just passed a law. This is an issue that we are working on with the Ministry of the Interior and Ministry of Finance, but I certainly agree with the concept. We just need to sort out the details, Truss explained. According to her, the implementation of this initiative most likely will require legislative changes, but not necessarily. The confiscated assets can be transferred to the citizens of Ukraine or the authorities of the country affected by the hostilities. Uh, you're talking about like 
seizing it, divvying it up, and like bank transferring it to the actual people of Ukraine. I agree that that would um, bypass the corruption of giving it to the authorities where it will just be laundered along with all the US money. Uh, but the fact that you're even going <laughs> to attempt to steal these or put put the uh, law in place, which Canada appears to have done. At the end of April, a bill was developed in Canada that allows the authorities to sell the confiscated assets of people who fell under the sanctions. The draft law covers movable and immovable property, bank accounts, cryptocurrency wallets. Uh, the proceeds can be used to rebuild a foreign state affected as a result of gross violation of international peace and security to, quote, restore international peace and security, end quote, and to compensate the victims. On June 25th, the bill was approved by the Senate of Canada. And you might say, well, that's that's huge. That Not really. I mean, passing the law, you then... The rule's not a rule unless it's enforced, and they haven't actually, I don't believe, done this yet. However, of course, they are paving the way in order to do so. So it looks like the UK is looking at Canada, and uh, Big Brains Trust here is thinking it's a good idea. Ah... Uh, the Federation Council responded to the idea to transfer Russian assets in Britain to Ukraine. Senator Jabrov called Britain's plans to confiscate Russian assets in favour of Ukraine a robbery. The actions of the UK, which is considering, not hasn't, it hasn't done it, the possibility of confiscation of frozen Russian assets are robbery and theft. Um, f- According to the senator, at present, the UK is, quote, faithful to the ancient principles, end quote, inherent in the British Empire. Well, that's quite kind of him, I think, to say that. Um, yeah, at this point in time, I might even disagree, but oh, very kind of him to say that. Earlier, uh, yeah, then gives you the background about them considering confiscating these frozen assets, which they've been licking their lips about for a long time now, prior to this Canadian Senate, supported good old Trudeau. Uh, which allows it. So there we go. There are developments. I mentioned about rebuilding, which is the pretext that they want to uh, get their mitty, grubby mitts on this, uh, on these funds. And here we have some plans that have come out from Mariupol. You can see at the top here in the address line, Mariupol, uh, Mirai, was it Ulusa Kuprina? Mm-hmm. So we have the Object Passport. And this looks like quite a big development and complex. They even have renders here. There's a lot of uh, investment going in. Even have plans for the projects. Let's go here. Looking pretty swanky. Built in quite a forested area, it looks. So I'm not familiar with the proposed location. But these are these are signs that have, as you can see by the fence line here in the background, these are signs that have obviously been printed and put up on the, on the uh, construction sites. And we have here a rough timeline of when they expect to complete. Uh, here is some of this development going on. Lots of uh, heavy machinery and even foundations laid in some of the first floors being built, which is just mind-bogglingly fast from... And there's a Russian flag there in case you're in any doubt. Here we have even imported <laughs> plants in the windows already. Uh, methinks this is part of the promotional propaganda, maybe. Uh, when you say propaganda, I don't necessarily mean lies. I mean, you're making the most of it. Pretty nice bathroom there. Uh, hallway here, pretty good square footage. Brand new toilet room there. These are pretty standard fittings, aren't they? And a very nice, airy-looking living space. Now, the twist to this story is these... It's claimed these developments will be given free of charge to 
those whose homes were destroyed in Mariupol, uh, courtesy of the government of the Russian Federation. So I don't think they need any help rebuilding. Russia is rebuilding. I can't say that for um, uh, for Ukraine, really. But, of course, what yeah, hostilities are ongoing. But in the areas that Russia has captured, where it's now deemed peaceful enough and away from these strikes, they are getting on with the job. And what's more is they are delivering these reportedly free of charge to the to the affected citizens. So bravo. Well done. I hope that's true. Uh, we don't know. That's going to wrap up this morning. I'm afraid that uh, programming will be disrupted this week due to my work obligations, but I will try and bring you some more walkie-talkies from the city. Thank you all ever so much for your support, your emails. It's been a pleasure meeting some of you. Uh, real pleasure, genuine pleasure. Uh, thank you for taking the time and meeting up with me in St. Petersburg. I've, I've very much enjoyed that this weekend. I will see you in the next video. Bye-bye.